Hey everybody, welcome to Navigating Privateer Life. I'm Nathan. Today I'm going to talk about some British BMX racers who transferred over to track cycling and did some amazing things. Now, I know I've been kind of on a kick with track cycling, but this kind of fit and I felt like it was a good transition to our next one. Chris Hoy, Jamie Staff, Shanae's Reed, three incredible BMX racers who also have numerous world championships in track cycling. I know there are a lot of training and muscle development and everything like that that transfers over from each. Now, I think it's the perfect training exercise. I feel like there's a lot of things that transfer from one to the other, and I feel like BMX needs more racers, and I feel like track needs more racers. And and with the two, there are velodromes usually where there's a BMX track. I know Santa Clara Pal is really close to the Hellier Velodrome. Um, you have all those people down in Chula right near that velodrome. So we should see more people transferring over. To develop yourself as a better cyclist, you need to get out of that comfort zone. Breaking out and becoming a better general cyclist is going to do wonders. And when it comes to BMX and track, I feel like if you start getting good at one, you're going to be even better at the other. And this is going to help you not just jump into mountain biking or something like that. That's going to develop completely different skills and, you know, test that endurance that you have. It's going to be a little bit different. It's going to train the same muscles that you've already been training. And I think we just need to see more of that. And I want to help you guys with that. So let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's hear my little story on these three great... BMX racers who made a great transition. All right, enjoy. It's no secret that British cycling loves track racing. They have the second highest medal count next to France in total medals won since the founding of the Track World Championships in 1893. BMX has been known as a gateway into cycling. Its enticing tracks promise the kids a place where they can jump their bikes. In reality, we all want to jump our bikes. It's a fundamental principle of riding a bike. If you don't like to jump your bike even a little, you're probably dead inside. A few racers made their way from BMX to track cycling, and with enormous success. The sprinting strength of a BMX racer was a key factor in the transition of these racers. Training day in and day out, just doing sprints and gate starts. A BMX racer is built to put massive amounts of energy in quick bursts between obstacles. The gym work a BMX racer puts in is designed to build muscles that are used in track racing as well. I think that there is an even more important factor that BMX teaches racers before they move on to the velodrome, an aggressive racing mentality with an emphasis on racing with others. 
In BMX, you're taught to snap out of the gate with eight other people and then sprint with them down into the first turn. A crowded mess of racers, all who are taught ways to push each other into slower lines or off the track. And if the other racer trying to nudge you out refuses, you make contact. A lot of racers at a young amateur level end up making contact. And a lot of parents have yelled at their kids for not making contact and letting their competitors cut them off. Coming up in an environment of close racing with groups of other riders and building fundamental bike handling skills to ride a BMX track, track cycling seems like an easy transition. The only thing you have to learn is to ride a fixed gear bike with drop bars and to ride as hard as you can for more than a minute and a half. These three racers crushed the transition. Chris Hoy was an 11-time world champion and has six Olympic gold medals in various disciplines of track cycling. He was inspired to pick up a bike by the movie E.T., Old pictures of him when he was racing for his local club team show him shredding an old Kuahara, the fundamental bike of any quick kid in the 80s. Two years after starting racing, he was picked up by Factory GT Racing and became one of the highest-ranked juniors in Europe. By 1993, Hoy had switched from BMX to track cycling, and in 99, had won its first medal in a world championship. Hoy went on to attack an Olympic stint that would see him through four Olympic Games. In the 2000 Sydney Olympics, Hoy joined Craig McLean in a team sprint for a silver medal. In 2004, Hoy would switch up his racing and go after the one-kilometer time trial. That week, Hoy crashed his bike in the Olympic Village he showed up to the line, bandaged up. That day was blistering fast. Racers were in form, breaking the record set at sea level four times before Hoy made it to the line. When Hoy raced, he smashed the Olympic record. One minute, point seven one one. This would be his first gold medal in. This would be his first gold medal in the Olympics. Between two thousand four and two thousand eight. Hoy would win six world championships. So Kelly, out of the gate. That is the fastest ever sea level time, and he rewrites the Olympic record. So Nimka got it spot on. He came out of the gate convincingly, and he picked the pace up and delivered when it was required. To the gold medal race of the men's sprint, and it's the battle of the Britons. Chris Hoy against Jason Kelly. As he gains and crosses the line first in 10.228 to take the first heat. And the pace is on. And he crosses first, making it two of three. A gold medal to Chris Just Hoy. Just about one and a quarter laps to go now. The riders beginning to gather themselves and lift the tempo. Levy of Germany is going to lead this one out. Now then, Chris Hall aiming for the back wheel there of Levy. 200 metres remaining. Levy then of Germany at the front. Here comes Sir Chris Hoy. Can he get round Levy of Germany in the finishing straight up to the line? Let's say, oh yes, Levy was beaten on the line. 
Sir Chris draws first blood and takes race one. At the Beijing Olympics, Ho would be stronger than ever and would join another BMX legend, Jamie Staff, winning a golden medal in the team sprint. That same Olympics, Hoy would go on to round out his superior sprinting by winning both the Kirin and the Sprint gold medals. After Beijing, Hoy won two more world championships on his way to the London Olympics in 2012. In the London Olympics, Hoy would lead the British Olympic team out as the flag bearer. He would go on to win the gold medal in the team sprint and the Kirin, earning a total of six Olympic gold medals throughout his career. After Chris Hoy retired, he would use his leveraged fame to race Le Mans LMP1 cars, even finishing 17th in a Ligier JSP2 Nissan at the famed 24 Hours of Le Mans. Today, he is involved with various charities and has a bike company, Hoy Bikes, dedicated to getting kids riding bikes. You can't talk about successful legends of BMX moving to track without talking about the ferocious Jamie Staff. Staff was a powerhouse in the U.S., winning an NBL National Number no. 1, and in Europe, winning the 1996 Cruiser World Championship. Jamie Staff in lane number 5 out of Great Britain. Christophe Levesque, where have you been? From France. Also, Tomas Allié in lane number 3, the number 1 plate. Dale Holmes, man, he is fast. Watch out for him. And the one and only Randy Stumphauser. Reacting pretty well off the start is Jamie Staff. He takes the whole shot. And in front of everybody is Jamie Staff finishing first. In second place, Kevin Tomko. Dale Holmes in third. And feeling a little frustrated, I would assume. With his success in BMX, Staff turned his eyes toward the Olympic medal in 2001, directly after his victory in the NBL. At the time, BMX wasn't part of the Olympic lineup, so Staff figured he'd pick up a fixed gear and try out for the and try out for the Great Britain track team. And he made the team's first tryout. In 2002, Staff won the world championship in the team sprint, while later that year, not leaving his BMX roots behind, raced the X Games BMX downhill with a solid sixth place finish. Jimmy Staff went on as a powerful track racer, winning two more world championships in both the Kirin and the Team Spring, and meddling in the world championships through 2009. Behind Turn Mulder is Jamie Staff of Great Britain. Well, if Jamie Staff doesn't get a medal in this final, he's already flagged up a first for Great Britain because he's the first man ever from England to make it through to a Kirin final. The motorbike leaves, Jamie Staff moves up. Now then I tell you what, Kirin is the Japanese word for fight. Just watch these fellas go. They won't be taking any prisoners as they scrap for victory. Escarino leading. Jamie Staff sitting second wheel. Good move here by Staff. Jamie Staff is a very strong rider. If he gets to the front and leads this one out, they'll have a terribly hard job trying to get past him. Jamie Staff is still at the front. I can't believe it. He's going to hold off the opposition. Jamie Staff coming down the finishing straight. Oh, on the line. I think Jamie Staff got it from Escarino of Spain. It was a thrilling finish. I'll need to see a rerun of that. It may well have been Escarino who just snatched it from Staff. What he's stopped doing, he's, he's sort of celebrated, he can't quite make up his mind. Here we go, the closing stages. 
stuff then. He's still got the front position. The late burst from Escarino of Spain who gets it on the line. Oh, I think it is stuff. Coming underneath, it's shown here in front of me that Jamie Staff has won the World Kirin Championship with a closing 200 metres. In Beijing in 2008, Staff won the gold medal in the team sprint with fellow former BMX racer Chris Hoy. Throughout his career, Jamie Staff was a fierce racer and a versatile bike rider. The influencing racer has been part of Staff's racing career. After his retirement from the bike, in 2008, he became a coach for the USA Cycling Track Team. Today, Staff is the director of BMX for USA Cycling and has the tough task of creating a new freestyle BMX program for the next Olympics, where it will debut as an Olympic sport. Janae's Reed has been a legend in BMX. She started riding bikes in 1999 with her uncle on a bike she rented one pound. Eight years later, she would go on to win her first world championship in BMX. Tough as nails, Shanae's fractured her knee in 2005 and still went on to race the world wrapped up, making it to the quarterfinals. In 2006, she won a women's pro national in the States at the Winter Nationals and became the top ranked racer in the British men's elite class at 17. In 2007, her first world championship wouldn't be on her 20-inch. Reed joined the likes of Bradley Wiggins and Chris Hoy in the track world championships in Brazil, where she won the gold medal in the team sprint. Not bad for starting a track racing a few months prior as a way to stay fit for BMX. A few months later, Janaz would get back on the gate and win her second elite world championship. Two championships in two completely different sports in the same year. This wasn't a surprise as Shanae's was probably the most decorated junior BMX racer of her time. Three junior world championships, eight junior European championships, and five British national championships. As an interesting side note, Reed's first velodrome race was a World Cup in Manchester where she took second to the Dutch team with the 205 and 06 elite BMX world champion, Willie Canis. Shanae's Reed would again win the BMX World Championship and the team sprint in 2008. Reed would go on to win two more world championships in BMX, but sadly luck wouldn't be on her side for any Olympic racing she participated in. Reed retired from racing in 2017 and is now a cycling coach. A cycling coach who decided to come out of retirement in January to win the British National Championship. You know, there are a lot of interesting racers who went from BMX to track throughout the years. But I really encourage you guys to try the transition. It seems like there was more than just winning a different type of cycling once they transitioned over. It opened up opportunities. I think that's partly because track cycling has a lot of road riders coming over. And generally road riders, there are a lot more doctors, lawyers, business type people on the road bikes. So when these BMX racers went over, they opened up their network a little bit. When you open up your network like that, things open up for you too. Your BMX sponsorship usually consists of a local team or 
maybe even national team. But with track, it opens up bigger sponsorships from more companies that are a little bit outside of cycling. Then with the prestigiousness of winning in the track cycling, and it offered up new jobs for these cyclists after the racing was done. Shanae's Reed became a coach and was able to just keep on working that way. Chris Hoy, no oh boy, the accolades that came to him after his Olympic medals were endless. I mean, going from cycling to racing cars, it's an awesome thing. I've seen some of that kind of transition happen with motorcycle racers going into trophy trucks and things like that. And, you know, Jamie Staff was able to take what his knowledge was, his connections that he made in BMX, his connections he made in cycling, in track cycling, and move it over to becoming a coach in the United States. But it is important when you open yourself up into different sports, you're opening yourself up for different sponsorships, for different support, and you're opening up your sport or track for that support also. The more people that transfer over, the more interest people have in supporting either track or BMX. So it's good for everybody. It's good for the sport to be able to switch over. I know not everybody sees it the same way. There are some people who say focus. The thing is, if you get a if you're a track cyclist and you get a twenty inch bike, you're gonna have fun on that bike. I guarantee that. You're gonna have fun. And if you're a BMX racer and you go ahead and get that fixed gear, it is a blast riding around on them. Super hipster, sure. But there's a reason why it caught on. Going back to the roots. I mean either way you're going back to the roots. I think that's one thing you gotta love. These two sports are at the root of a tree of disciplines that split off of it. A lot of the mountain bike guys coming from the legends of mountain biking were all BMX racers in Southern California. And with road cycling and cyclocross and all those, they all came from whatever track was around in the 1800s. Those old penny-farthing, huge-wheeled bikes racing around velodromes. And the stories are that they were getting so fast, they were killing themselves. Like, a lot. That's why people came and watched. And slowly we progressed into large tours and road races and things like that. Regardless, get out there, try either one, and you'll be happy. It's going to be an awesome thing. And now it's time for your privateer tip. Stir fries. I know, it doesn't seem like much of a tip, but trust me. Stir fries are the greatest thing for a bike racer to create a meal that's going to taste good and going to have exactly what you need nutritionally at any point you need it. They can be cheap. They can be expensive. The one big thing is you find your base. So I know a lot of people who don't like carbs will find beans, uh, lima beans, or any of those kind of things to use as a base. Uh, you can use noodles, rice, really anything you want. But you could load it up with rice or noodles to get those carbs or lima beans. Or if you don't even like Asian stir fries, use pinto beans or black beans or kidney beans and turn it into like a Mexican bowl. 
Then what you're going to do is you're going to find any of those vegetables that you need. You could load it up with the reds, the greens, anything you need. Like the reds are going to have specific antioxidants that are going to help you out. Um, always have greens. Greens are just important. You load them up, find a protein. You're vegetarian, go tofu, pork. It's really easy to do a crispy pork. You just uh, get some uh, cornstarch and coat it a little bit. Throw it into the wok or pan and let it crisp up a little bit. It's really simple. You can do it with any meat. And that way you're not breading it like super heavy, super thick, and super fried. But what it does is it takes on whatever sauce you want. Now, I know sauces super bad for you. I get it. We don't need to hear from some crazy person that a sauce is all sugar. We know. But putting a little sauce on something to get it some flavor in it. A lot of the sauces that I've seen out there, an entire bottle is about 500 calories. You're using a fraction of that. You're dumping a little bit just to get everything coated, just to add that flavor. It's going to be 50, 60 calories at most. And if you want to get crazy, use soy sauce. Soy sauce with some sesame oil creates a really good taste. And there's almost nothing when it comes to calories and that kind of that kind of topping. A stir-fry allows you to create a flavor that you enjoy. Exactly, especially if you're a meal planner, you're able to build exactly the kind of meal you want out of it. You can measure, figure it out, and you can do it quickly. Creating a creating a, a stir-fry really doesn't take that long to do. They're easy to store. You can put them in bags and bowls and all sorts of things. Um, and put them in the fridge or freeze them because you can microwave them later. It's really simple. They're really easy to do. If you do specific things, uh, they're t- they're tasty cold. You know, rice with some chicken and uh, some broccoli with a good sauce. You just munch it. It's all good. But seriously, think about stir fries. If you're a junior racer, they're really easy to do. They're really easy to learn. Break it down into the simplicity. Base, rice, noodles, or beans. Then you get your vegetables, you know, grab asparagus, carrots, you know, get crazy, um, broccoli, squashes. It's really good to use with squashes. You know, really, really cheap vegetables can be used. You can get our protein, you know, get whatever we want. Make it fish, shrimp, chicken, pork, beef. Choose what you like. Choose what you want. Tofu. If you don't even want meat, throw it all together, throw your oil down, cook your meat, throw all your veggies in, make sure that you have your base going on another pot, whether it's the noodles or rice. Get it all set up. You're going to love it. It's easy. It's perfect for any athlete. So privateer tip, stir fry. Eat your stir fry. It's good for you. So I raced my first race in seven years, and it was intense for me. It was it was nerve-wracking. I live at the trailhead where I could ride up to where the race is going to start. So right away I hear they're going to open up registration at 5 p.m. So I start riding. I'm feeling good. I hadn't ridden all week, really. So I wasn't quite sure what I was going to get myself into when it came to how I felt. I pedaled. As I crossed the parking lot, it was getting full. Full of just normal riders. Tons of them. I got this dread feeling that, that my race... I was going to run into someone. Not in the sense of smashing into them, bones crunching, twisted metal, snapped carbon type crap. I mean, they were going to be on the same trail that I was going to race on. But the nerves were still there. 
So I start climbing. And I'm worried about my fitness. Like, I've been training, but I've been training more than two times a week, really. And the last ride I did with someone else, my little brother, smoked me. So I moseyed my way up the trail. But I was feeling good. I wasn't getting tired. My muscles were getting warm. Nothing wrong. I get to the sign-up. I run into an old friend who... I run into an old friend who was around right when I started racing. She asked me where I was, or it's good to see me. How have you been? Where have you been? Told her the four kids. She goes, you were just a junior when I met you. I was like, yeah, now I got four kids. Look on her face was great. Just an astounding type of thing where it was half glad to see you, half glad you're back, and all. I've been in this sport. A long time. So I get all signed, catch up with some people, and it's going to be a Super D race. The timing system was incredible. Mixed together World Clock, Google Drive, and an app they found to create a perfect timing system. So I'm definitely going to get them on to teach us that because I think every race, every person who trains should have this. I think it's an amazing thing, especially in BMX. Like, you can get this thing set up at the track and do some time trials, some fun stuff, some training stuff. It'd be great. I mean, it'd be really awesome. So I get my number plate on, chat with some people, then head up, start pedaling, thinking that I'm going to have to go pretty high on this trail, and there'll be a lot of climbing. So I pedal, and I'm still feeling good. Some kids, younger ones, in front of me, and they crush me, but I let them. I never got out of my comfort zone. I was too worried about how high I was going to have to climb to get out of my comfort zone. So I just kept on cruising. I get up there. I get up there way early. So my nerves just took advantage. I sat there for a long time. I'd say probably close to 45 minutes. My muscles were cool. Luckily, it was only going to be a four-minute race or so. It was on a trail that I knew. Fast trail. Some off-camber spots that'll throw you for a loop. Tight single track. Easy to go off of. So I get in there and I get up on the line. Nervous as hell. This is the first race I've ever done. At the dropper post. It's the first race I've ever done. It's the first race in seven years. Different from what it used to be. And I had to bring myself back to ride. To race. Beeper goes off. Sprint out of line. There's a rolling right-hand corner. I drop my chain. I jump off my bike. And it feels like an eternity. feels like an eternity getting that chain back on. You fumble once. And it's like... And it's like ten seconds. And the ten seconds last forever. I get back on. And I start sprinting. Take the next corner. Great. Slamming the back wheel in. Using the suspension to push out. I didn't even feel any of the burn. Tiredness. I was able to just keep on sprinting, take another turn, pop up a little hill, take a right, blind right, the rock overhang just to the right, blocks your view from anything. As I come around, there's a rider coming up. I was the first one off the line. I wanted to get home, make sure that I didn't leave my wife for too long. Like I said, it felt like an eternity when I got to the starting line. I let my bike roll straight off the trail to avoid hitting this climber. I yelled... There's a race going on. Rolled back on the trail. Sprinted. Coming around. I felt good. Straight lining anything I could. Another little right. Down the trail. Another person climbing. He was doing what he always thought was right. Climber gets the right away. Unless you see a number plate. On the racer's bike. Shot up the hill on the right hand side. 
and the weeds. Nice off-cambered. Get around him. Came off. Sprinted down some more. I felt good. I was attacking hard. I was hitting rocks, clearing little sections, pumping, and sprinting. Then, rounding one more corner, a couple of ladies and their three dogs walking up the trail. The brakes were on. I slowed down. Told them there was a race. I could see the finish line off to my left. A few switchbacks, nice and rocky. The only things left to get to came around those switchbacks. I felt like I could have. I felt like I could have done them faster. I always took Jerome Clement's advice hitting a corner. To stay over the front wheel, it's either going to grip or it won't. I hit the corner, probably a little too slow. My front wheel dug into the berm, but it didn't hold speed. It gripped, turned me, and I had to adjust my wheel out. I sprinted to the next switch back. This time I felt better. I rolled through with more momentum. Last corner, rocky, flat, slick. I came out of it smooth and sprinted. And I sprinted hard, all the way to the finish. The system they created, the way they did the timing, they could get on drive, and you can watch it come in live. And there I was, at the bottom. I know I cleared the track for everybody. I was about a minute behind the leader. But on a five-minute course, that's an eternity. It always hurts seeing yourself so low. I have to look back, say... I cleared the course. I ran into everybody. I dropped a chain. You have all the excuse in the world why this time is a minute slower. But looking at the results and seeing yourself at the bottom, you hate it. You want to be faster, stronger. You're not going to let it happen again. So, there it is. My first race back. Just like my first Tuesday ride. A mess. Disappointing. Recreated that feeling I got when I used to race Extremely competitively. That fire. That wand. That's that thing that when I started training, I was missing. When I was climbing, just thinking about how I was going to start racing, you're just climbing. You're just trying to get a little bit fitter. But seeing yourself at the bottom of a results sheet, it's like a blast furnace. An emotion to create a drive. That drive to crush Everybody who is above you. To never let this happen again. Makes me realize why I was never able to just ride for fun. That's just a hobby. And I always had to be a racer. Because that feeling is something you can't recreate anywhere else. Something that moves you. Something that drives you. Something that creates the passion. That's why I'll always be a racer. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. I want to hear your race reports. I want to hear your stories. I want to tell other people your race reports. I want to tell other people your stories. Get out that phone. Get on the voice memo. Tell your story. Send it to me at Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, at FreebooterRacing.com. And we're going to create a place for you guys to tell your stories. I think it's a good outlet. I think it's something for you guys to enjoy for you to tell your sponsors about for your sponsors to want to be a part of if your team tell me what your team is doing anything let me know we need to get this we need to get you know we need to give people an outlet one that's not just a a pink bike outlet where everybody bashes on everybody else or facebook where yeah we just know the drama facebook let's just stay off that one right now i have some bikes. 
specific to BMX and track cycling. Nice entry-level bikes. Nothing over $400. I really want you guys to get into either one of them. So if you're a mountain biker, if you're a BMXer, anything, I want you to get to a track. BMX or velodrome. I want you guys to get into it. I want you to start racing it. I want you to open up, go back to the roots a little bit. Once again, I know if you're in Santa Clara, I know if you're in San Diego, you can race both. So do it. Make sure you go to the Patreon, so patreon.com slash racing and sign up. You can get 10%, 25% off any of our other stuff, even the special. We got enduro bikes. We got, you know, carbon road racing bikes, gravel bikes, anything you need. Um, the discount will pay for itself. And you're going to be helping me out a ton. Like, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep doing more. We got some cool videos in the works. Make sure you guys subscribe. You know, we're getting more listeners, and it's helping a ton. But subscribe, get on the next interview, get on the next story, get your tips. And then leave a review on iTunes. Algorithms are important. Something we're going to have to learn a little bit more about before I start saying I'm an expert. But I know that the iTunes algorithm really relies on reviews to spread. And the more subscribers we get, the more I can be able to do for you. The more sponsorships we can get for the show, the different things that we can do. I mean, I'm trying to build a privateer community that's going to help us. We are the base of cycling, and we need all the help we can get, right? Get me your stories, Nathan at FreebooterRacing.com. Make sure you subscribe so you can listen to my, my sweet, sweet voice every week. And make sure you follow Patreon. Get that discount. Go to our shop. Get a race bike. Go to the specials, Freebooter specials on FreebooterRacing.com. Pick up a track bike. Pick up a BMX bike. You're going to be spending 650 bucks. And you're going to be able to go racing at your local BMX track. You're going to be able to hit the velodrome. Do it. It's cheaper than some of the carbon bits and pieces that you want to splatter all over your bike this will be better all right guys make sure you have fun out there